Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks. This is Rabble Rousing Rich Bergeron. And Psychic Tom Padgett with us. Kenny Crystal Ball. All right. So we got a lot to cover. I'm very upset. Um. Is your Crystal Ball didn't tell me how terrible that um back fight was going to be last week? By the second round, it was a knockdown. Second, I'm like, oh, maybe this won't be so bad. Then it got into such a clinch and grab and maul and so hard to watch. I actually went over to you know started making dinner. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's where it even began. I'm I'm sure we'll, we'll get to it. Let's not get started already here. We'll stick with the we'll stick with the protocol. But yeah, I have. Probably for a lot of boxing people, but uh, James DeGale retired officially. That's in the news. Long time fighter there. Um, Two time champion. Um, James DeGale announced his retirement today, 10 years after his professional debut. First British boxer to win. An Olympic gold medal and a pro world title. He said, "There's nothing left to prove." 33 years old, lost last Saturday by unanimous decision to Chris Eubank Jr. for the vacant and minor IBO Super Middleweight title. Oh, that's, that's the first time I've heard of a minor type. Or a super title, but now they've got minor titles. We're in trouble. Uh, so, 25 wins, three losses by decision, and one draw. Final record. Um, he says, it's hard to admit that I'm not the fighter I once was. My injuries have taken a toll both on mind and body, and these things have contributed to impact my performance in the ring. So, yeah. And also uh, a shoulder surgery issue, so that might have something to do with it. Maybe it didn't take. So, they had that upset by Caleb Truex there. <laughs> Another strange boxing story here from uh, one of the guys I've uh, met, one of the boxing promoters from Rhode Island I've actually met. Uh, I, used, I still do a lot of stuff for them, but uh, I used to do a lot of in-person stuff for them at events. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jimmy Birchfield Sr., boxing promoter, he's uh, arrested Saturday night. Uh, him and two other people on charges of disorderly conduct. They said he and another man were arrested ringside when a fight broke out between the two men and one of the boxers. So the fighter uh, and the promoter actually fought. Uh, so I don't know how or what the details are or how this started, but uh, uh, one statement of the officer uh, was, it definitely had the potential to escalate beyond what took place. 
you have a video of the incident to see if anybody else should face criminal charges. But uh, it didn't really seem much on the official CES website. I just thanked everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not really much information, but Jimmy Birchfield seems like the last guy to get in a fight. You're in New England. People getting in trouble. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a customer, wood customer of mine actually, uh, come out wearing a "I Love New York" shirt the other day. I guess she was offended by my Patriots hat, <laughs> and she proceeded to tell me all about Bob Kraft when it first came out, and, uh, and that, that the Patriots should be suspended. Funny. He said, maybe, maybe he'll, be, he'll be suspended as the owner. The question is, why didn't he just fly out to Las Vegas, where right. it's legal? <laughs> well, it's not even Vegas. you got to go out I mean, to I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that, you know? I mean, he's, well, he lives in Florida, that's why. He doesn't, he doesn't have to you know, out there. Oh, um, it's the, the time of the well, we have left the hotel. We're walking to the stadium. I know you truly have We did. Um, but we're walking there. It was me and you know my dad, my uncle, my cousin. We're walking. There was a guy maybe about, I don't know, 30 yards in front of us. And he had a black T-shirt on that said New York. That's all it said. Two words. New and York. There was a car riding down the street. Stop. To scream at this guy. Get the fuck out of here. We don't want you here, you goddamn Yankee fan. <laughs> that oh. night. And the guy goes, I'm not even a Yankees fan. He's like, I have a show that's New York. But he goes, I'm like, man. I mean, they say we're a bit of Philadelphia. I don't know. You got up there a little, little loco. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we can get heated. Especially when it the Yankees. But yeah, we had uh, had some big fights over the last weekend, and we also got a couple stories here. Now, this one I sent you guys both because, you know, coming from CNN, I had to wonder: is this fake news? <laughs> Left-handed people are better in combat than their right-handed counterparts, according to new research. Something that may help to explain the continued existence of self-pause with Anders. 10% of the population is left-handed. What was that, Tony? Mickey Goldmill would take offense Yeah. Because he said, pause, you know, weight ain't no damn good, you go the wrong way, you leave with your head, you know. Oh, you know, the outlaw-southpaws. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but during this was actually you look back during more violent eras in human history. They say this this meant that left-handed people would have been dominant in physical confrontation, and therefore more able to spread their genes. So that's that's an interesting aspect of it. I thought that was cool. Um, and, and, and I know in, in the box. Well, yeah, they're considered awkward because you, you look at the fight, then, I mean, how many, you know, are a rarity. Um, but at the same time, you know, they have.
have, you know, weaknesses too. And a lot of times it's hard for them to get the good sparring, um, or it's hard for them to, uh, um, I'll give you a perfect example. Training is out there. And uh, two guys, and I, I saw the one just a few uh, weeks ago. The other one I saw about a year ago. They both were at Lock Haven um, when I was, my last I was helping out as a coach. And they were both, uh, sure, when I'm going to be stuck on them, I'm like, you know what, you're throwing me up. Because I'm trying to help you both with a drill here, but you're goddamn backwards. <laughs> you know? So, what a training sometimes it's not always as easy to train as that because then you got to do everything backwards. You know, me working the pads. Right. Now, I'm a guy like, it's like, like in football, you have the defensive coaches that run the 4-3 defense, the other ones that run the 3-4. And they're setting their ways, you know, and that's the system they run. Same thing with working the pads in boxing. Now, I'm a guy that I like to catch for a conventional right-hand fighter. The jab and the straight right with my right hand because I want the jab and I want the right hand following it. Other guys will catch the jab with their left hand with their right hand. Um, it's like, for me, when I'm calling a one-two, it's, I'm catching right, right. And I'm calling like a double jab right hand, I'm right, 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 you know? But then it's like, if you're doing you know, the south pole and I'm calling a jab, a jab left hand, you know, one, two, I'm catching a, a you know, and for me, that even throws me off sometimes, you know, because I've been trained a whole lot. I've trained some, but not many. Well, the good news so, for all yeah. your right-handers out there is that uh, it's only a slight, slight, small effect of the, uh, if you take, say, if you take a randomly selected left-handed fighter, it would have a higher rating than a randomly selected no. Results... Alright, here's the sentence. This is weird. Okay, this is what it makes me think it's fake news. Results show that a randomly selected left-handed fighter would have a higher rating than a randomly selected right-handed fighter 54% of the time. And this is a rating system that takes into account the quality of opponent and other metrics to provide a complete picture of the matchup, I guess. Uh, and this is analyzing the performance oh. of almost 10,000 yeah. boxers and mixed Martial arts fighters. Fifty-four percent. Wouldn't that be a smaller sample group, though? Because what is the percentage of left-handed people in the population? And I thought it was less ten percent. Yeah, that's what I just said. I heard it was less than twelve percent at That's what I heard. But I mean, that. Oh, okay. So, so if that's the fact, wouldn't their advantage be? It's hard to find good sparring partners that are self-paws, but they have the advantage because everyone, that just, you know, nine out of ten guys that they spar with would be conventional fighters. They That's learn right. how to handle conventional fighters. I mean, I, I don't know this, but I would have to assume that it is uh, a much smaller percentage. Ten percent. Ten percent of the population. Self-paws. Okay, and, and then the old, the old school training. Trainers get the, the Custiamato types would probably work with the fighters more specifically about the, you know, how to how to fight a softball. Maybe that arch being lost so much. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's just junk science. <laughs> <laughs> Not that easy. Not that easy. Uh, you know, for most people. Well, 
One of my only losses in college combat was to a southpaw. Jesse Bond. He was uh, quite yep. a crafty one. And you I'll tell you, I'm like, still doesn't mean I'm left-handed, Amy. I said, the first 
came over here. One of the first things I did was I took a, um, I told you to get in your stance, and you did. And you had your meat hand was your right hand, your power hand. And then I made you get in a pitcher stance, like you were throwing a baseball. And you put your right hand and your right foot went back. And I asked you why you did that. You said, because that way I can throw full power into my pitch. And I said, exactly. Then what's the difference in boxing? I said, if I did that to you on day one, wouldn't it be a hypocrite if I was then fighting left-handed? Hmm. Uh, or fighting conventional when I'm left-handed? Hmm. She's going to get straight. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of drills that help out. I actually, um, I think training people from both sides in my you know, limited experience, a couple of years of doing it, uh, as a coach up at Norwich, I saw that uh, it helped me realize the value of knowing how to switch. You say that because, like, I'm, I'm really, really old school. And, um, you know, I like to, one, perfect this dance. And that being, you know, especially power hand to the back. I mean, hey, there are a lot of great players that do that. Um, my gym does it often. Um, and, in fact, the one gentleman that beat him does it exceptionally. And he liked my Instagram post and my parents put on Crawford. Karen Crawford is a guy that will switch stance stance and he's very effective. Other fighters, you know, don't like doing it because I did it really messes up the footwork. And if you can't if you don't have the footwork, you're done. Right. The house will not Well that's why I always thought it would be better used in MMA, you know, since I haven't been thinking about getting into a boxing ring game, I've been thinking about getting into MMA at some point. So I've been really looking at the ways that like it could be an advantage there and it's way more opportunities there to score damage by switching stances uh, and sometimes you have to switch stances because of the leg kicks you know you get your leg kicked so many times you can't put that yeah. third leg out there so it's very valuable there way more so i think than in boxing like because like you said people just experiment with it or they just they can't figure it out you know your brain is programmed one way your whole life and then you're going to try to switch it up you know it's, gonna, it's very hard to do but in a situation where you can kick and punch and elbow and there's all different kinds of um, other elements it definitely it's it's helpful to know how to switch and to use it <laughs> wisely <laughs> yeah uh, and, 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 and we we try we would do a lot of switch kicks where we wouldn't actually move our hips much but we would just do a quick little stutter step and then kick with the left but in boxing, it's so much harder, it seems. At least was for me. Right. All right, well, moving on, we have another big story here. Uh, PFL, Professional Fighters League. I, I questioned the finances behind it a few months ago, and I really wasn't sure where they were going with it, whether it was going to take off. It didn't really get much fanfare, but um, I'll tell you, ESPN is making some moves because... Uh, their ESPN Plus streaming service has picked up the Professional Fighters League. And um, it's a multi-year deal with ESPN. So they're making a big play into combat sports here with this service. And um, this one was a surprise, even though there's some high-profile people involved. Um, Mark Burnett, the uh, creator of uh, 
Survivor, and uh, all kinds of other media. Kevin Hart, the comedian. Uh, Tony Robbins is involved. Ted Leonisis, Leonsis and Riot Games co-founder Brian Beck. Ted Leonsis is a uh, billionaire tech entrepreneur. Uh, but I'll tell you who's got to be pissed is all the freaking ESPN sports anchors that have been fired in the last five years. <laughs> So they could make enough money to, for this kind of shit to happen, but uh, yeah, they, they went through a huge round of layoffs. I don't know what happened where they're getting all this capital all of a sudden, but they're making some big moves, and it's good for fight fans, I guess, especially fight fans who have ESPN Plus. So um, you know, obviously, they paid 1.5 billion for a five-year deal with the UFC. So took that right out of Fox's hands. And uh, the PFL is just another stepping stone here. It makes you wonder, though, now that you have these two organizations under the same uh, television umbrella, you know, maybe uh, maybe we're going to have a business as usual situation. <laughs> UFC is going to come and try to buy them out, maybe. I don't know. I could see it happening, though. I really could. And then they'll destroy it. <laughs> But yeah, the season culminates every year with uh, a New Year's Eve card uh, with title fights in every weight class, and the winners in each weight class get a million dollars. So it is right up a guy like Mark Burnett's alley, because you know that's how the Survivor Show started, million dollar prize for the winner. But um, I don't know this is fighting involved instead of strategy. Nobody gets voted off the island. <laughs> so, six, six, what is it? Six five hour PFL regular season events will take place on Thursday nights from May to August. Three PFL playoff events will take place in October with coverage also carried across ESPN Plus, ESPN 2, and ESPN Portes. PFL playoff events, PFL playoff events will be, will feature the top eight fighters in each of the competitors. Competition six weight classes attempting to win twice in the same night to advance the PFL championship. And then, in addition to live events, ESPN platforms will present pre and post event coverage and additional exclusive PFL content. And it's going to start with the telecast of the 2018 PFL season review and 2019 roster selection show in the spring. Specific scheduling will be figured out soon. There it is. They're making a big play. Exciting time to uh, be an ESPN fan, I guess. <clears throat> right. So we got a big fight coming up this weekend in MMA. UFC 235. Jones versus Smith. But before we get to that, we got to go over the last weekend's events. I didn't even get to see either one of them. One of them was because of the time difference, and the other one because I fell asleep right before the first fight. I was so wiped out from work. So, uh, that's how it goes, unfortunately. But anyway, uh, over in Ireland, James Gallagher beat up uh, Stephen Graham, gave him a quick finish. Submission for Nick Uh, two minutes and 29 seconds into the first round. That was their main event. And, and uh, Miles Price 
got a split decision win over Peter Queeley. Kiefer Crosby uh, beat Daniel Olejnizak. Probably put in that one. That was also a rear naked choke submission. Four minutes and eight seconds into the first round. <clears throat> and then uh, Richie Smullen beat Adam Gusab by unanimous decision. And for that, Charlie Ward got a knockout win over Jimmy Stevenson. 34 seconds into the first round. And we'll go over all of them. There's quite the list there. But that was over in Ireland. Good event for Bellator. I didn't really see it, obviously, but uh, I'm sure there were good fights. <coughs> then we had uh, Fight Night, UFC Fight Night 145 over in the Czech Republic, Prague. Tiago Santos in the main event there over uh, Jan Blakowicz getting the win 39 seconds into round three with a TKO from Carlos. You get to see that one, Tom? Tom? With us? Yeah, I just you faded out. Oh, did you get to see uh, that? Fight? No, I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't see, see the Polish guy. I can hear you now. No, I didn't see. Yeah, we got bad connection tonight. Yeah, just you'll, you'll just I'll be like in here or anything. Right. I think as I shut windows down, it'll it will come back. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, coming event, Stefan Struve beat Marcos Rogerio de Lima by arm triangle choke, 2 minutes and 21 seconds into the second round. Mikael Oliksajuk beat uh, Gian Vellante by TKO from punches, 1 minute and 34 seconds into the fight. We had a couple of unanimous decision fights. Liz Carmouche over Lucy Pudelova, and then Peter Jan over John Dodson. Uh, John Dodson obviously missing the step. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think the second loss in a row for him, if I remember correctly. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, slipping a little bit. Magomed Ankalev beating uh, Klitson Ferris D. Abreu by unanimous decision. Dwight Grant over Carlo Pedasoli Jr. by TKO with one second left in the first round. Talked about with punches. Chris Fishgold beat Daniel Tamor by rear naked choke. One minute. Seconds into round two, and Julian Robertson beat Veronica Macedo by Renekin Choke. Uh, three minutes and 20 seconds. 27 seconds into round two. Fourth fight of the night, Desmir Hadzevic beat Marco Polo Reyes by TKO. Two minutes and three seconds into round two. Ismail Nardia beat Michael Prezeris by unanimous decision. Carlos Diego Ferreira beat Rusam Kabilov by unanimous decision. And Damir Isman Malugov. This is Magulov. <laughs> Beat uh, Joel Alvarez by an assistant. So that's it. No Bellator fights this weekend, but we have UFC 235, Jones versus Smith. John Jones, right back in action here. Uh, feels like he was just in the cage a week ago. A little longer than that, but uh, 23 and 1 is his, is his record, and of course the one is a very controversial disqualification for 12 to 6 elbows. So it's kind of uh, kind of still looked upon as undefeated by a lot of people. But tough fight for him, Anthony Smith. He's got a lot of experience. 31 and 13 is his record. Very crafty, very dynamic, and he's got a great chin. So I'm going to guess that John can handle him, 
but uh, you can never doubt a puncher's chance with Anthony Smith. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and normally when we say puncher's chance, um, not too good for the puncher. <laughs> and it takes possible. But if uh, but, but my crystal ball cannot get Jones's grinning face off it, Ooh. so um, take that one. All right. Uh, take have, that one to the back right there. <laughs> we have uh, a different type of fight matchup here: Tyron Woodley versus Kamaru Usman. And Usman is more of a technical fighter than Woodley. I think he, he's very he's very like uh, careful. I want to say in his fighting style, he doesn't really take a lot of risks. Woodley's more of a brawler, and I think he's gonna—he's uh, gonna really teach Kamaru a little bit of a lesson in this one. I think he's gonna knock him out very quickly. He's ready for this too. He's had a long time off. Yeah, I, this, this one, this one, yeah, and I just kind of get the feeling in this one that everything Usman does, Woodley does a little better. Right. Uh, Usman's a very technical wrestler, but um, that's where Woodley shines also, and he's technical. Striking, but so is Woodley, and like you said, Woodley's a little more aggressive. So I mean, he hasn't been in his last few fights. I think he's overdue for a good performance, and um, I think Woodley keeps it. And then we have uh, Robbie Lawler back in action after a long layoff. Finally, twenty-eight and twelve, uh, fighting Ben Askren, eighteen and zero in his first foray into the UFC here from the trade, so to speak. Between between uh, one championship and the UFC where they gave up uh, Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren yeah. and three first-round draft picks. Yeah, yeah, this, this to me is most, yeah, this is the most intriguing fight of the night. This yeah. should've, he should have been in the UFC, but I guess he really had a, some kind of personal feud with Dana. Yeah, they they buried Hatchet, and, and the question is, no one has really been effective against uh, Askren's uh, takedown. It's like one note, Johnny. You know what he's going to do? Can stop it. And uh, Robbie Lawler's comment is, hey, he says, I know I'm picked to beat him. The UFC supposedly hand bars his attention to that. So this is this, this is one that's really going to be fast, and I can see it going either way. Right. Yeah, I'm not really going to be so, giving us all the prediction on that one. Real I, interesting. I, I'd say, you know, I'd go with the undefeated fighter, and because Robbie has had such a long layoff, and it's not for, you know, a surgery or anything like that. It's for you know, head issues. So this is going to be a tough one for him to bounce back against such a world-class athlete here who's undefeated. Uh, I'm going to lean towards Askren, but I'm going to be rooting for, for Robbie make that comeback so I mean I don't really have yeah any and, and, and I guess I guess the counter the counter yeah what I don't have anything against him but uh Robbie's just uh he, he I think he needs it more he really needs to to, to get that win and then come back and yeah that he's there he's still there yeah because because you remember remember Robbie's been around forever I mean I remember reading about it when we used to get all the uh well, it's called Grappling Magazine initially, and it switched over for the MMA, but we used to get magazines for you, and it really ran those out of business. But, yeah, he's been around forever. Uh, the argument for him is 
quality of opposition. Right. That Astrid, uh, was in the early days of Bellator, when it was maybe like a double A minor leagues, not the triple A or even, you know, a, a rival league like it is now. And then when he went to one, kind of competition, what kind of competition did he have? That's the, the question mark. Right. That he could do his one note Johnny stuff very effectively. Nobody could stop him. Everyone knows what he's going to do. Can he do it against a former champ? And this is one that, that it, like I said, I could see anything happening. I could see it ending quick. I could see it go be a, a long one. It, it, either guy, you could make an argument for either one. Yes, sir. Uh, also, we have uh, Tony's buddy. Tisha the Tiny Tornado, Torres. She is uh, 10 and 3, fighting uh, Weili Zhang. Weili Zhang. Who's 18 and 1. Tough, tough fight on the table for a little, a little tornado. Uh, Cody Garbrandt also on the card. He's 11 and 2, uh, fighting Pedro Muntos, who is 17 and 3. So a little bit more experience there, but obviously Cody uh, was undefeated, so he's, he's 11 and. Uh, What's his name? TJ. He's 11 and TJ. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way, good way to word it. Boy, that's got to be driving Cody crazy. I mean, because I, I, that division's pretty wide open on that. Morales guy from the Brazilian is, um, he's going to be hard to handle for any of those guys. Right. And I don't know, uh, have you heard much about that? Dominic Cruz, is he more comfortable behind the microphone or did Oh, is he planning on fighting again? He's been talking about getting back in there. It's, it seems like every fight card, he's you know thinking about how he'd match up with him, and he talked about it. You know, so he's obviously he's coming back soon. But uh, yeah, he's good. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I think we've been we've been hearing that for, for over a year now. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm just wondering uh, this this Morales guy maybe um, you know could be real interesting here, but then. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how CJ rebounds from his setback. Right. Uh, we've got Jeremy Stevens, 28-15-0, fighting Zabit Magomed Shapiro, who is 16-1. Uh, Misha Sharkunov, also on the card, 14-4, fighting another one of my favorite names in MMA, Johnny Walker. I feel like he was just in a fight mm -hmm. a week ago, for real. This is a different Johnny Walker. That's yeah. That, that is another intriguing one. Walker's Walker's freakishly talented, but that's one tough question. So um, I haven't even looked at the odds on that one yet. That's a pretty stacked card. There's some great names on it. Uh, the fifth fight of the night here. Look at the experience yeah. here. Alejandro Perez, twenty-one six and one, fighting Cody Stammen, who's seventeen and two. You hardly ever see that kind of a record on the fifth fight of the night. And then you've got Diego Sanchez also on the card. On the fourth fight of the night, 28 and 11, fighting Mickey Ball, who's 5 and 1. So, uh, big step down for Diego, but, uh, you know, they're trying to obviously. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think we can say that, 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 that Diego's going to have to shine. But uh, Mickey Ball's no cheap date. Yeah, obviously. Well, so, um, this will be a fun one, too. Uh, that. <laughs> no. Anyway. Uh, we're going to leave off the last three. Not big fights, but uh, probably going to be televised unless it's on uh, Fight Pass. Well, we got some boxing to catch up with. 
see, last week, the 23rd, the big one was DeGale versus Eubank Jr. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, also had Brandon Rios losing to Humberto Soto. Manuel to go. Took his win to go over Vyacheslav Gusev. Uh, also, Lee, Hel Lee Selby beating uh, Omar Douglas. And uh, Joe Joyce over Bermain Severn. That one uh, was not a good fight for Severn at all, from what I heard. Uh, not good at all. You know what? I mean, Severn's a lot of some right hands, especially early. But the problem was, he took some shots and he got stop pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, I think there was another problem. 263 pounds. Uh -huh. Big oh. problem. Uh -huh. <laughs> big problem. Yeah, that's, that's a very big, I mean, yeah, he looked like a big chocolate Sunday. Wow. for Don King's last paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, well, another fight we uh, had last weekend was Anthony Durrell beating Abney Yildirim. Showtime card. How about the scoring? Uh, Rich, did you have this, the judges' scores handy, by the way? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I, they I mean, were I all can, over the board. I mean, that's a... I don't know if BoxTrack has that anymore. What's well, Does it? Does it? Yeah, this, this uh, you, with BoxTrack, you have to lie with If you lie with BoxTrack, you can be out, you know, the stuff like that. But you, you have to lie in, you know, you don't get it just by going on the site anymore. Yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't tell you. It just says win. TD. Well, well, Tony, Tony, what's your comment on Darrell on that one? That's kind of the story. What do you think? It was, um, I answered Jerry Jordan with a Darrell. I didn't fall asleep. So I did not get to see the fight. I was talking to my dad afterwards, and 
you know, and um, that you just three people the road getting it. Um, but, um, Our mismatch of the week. Well, I mean, that's not a very prestigious. <laughs> well, well, did you realize? Did you realize he has more letters in his name than fights? Yeah. When you put all four of those names together, <laughs> you think about that? Wow, quite a title for a thin record. Mm. Bolivian heavyweight title, and uh, Sal Sal Farah, uh, sixty-eight wins. He's actually only lost one of his last six. The twenty-three losses. Uh, there's another guy on here. This could also be the mismatch of the week if the guy didn't have so many losses who's fighting him, but uh, this is probably pretty rare. Ricardo Rios comes in at 0-0-1. No losses, no wins, one draw. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? <laughs> fighting a cruiserweight. Yeah, that's quite a record. Oh, Well, at least he's undefeated. That's hard to do. Yeah, but well, he's fighting Esteban Hillman Cabaret, who is 42-21-2. and two. 42 wins yeah. versus nine. No, yeah, you got, yeah, you, you got to wonder. Yeah, we got two wow. Jesuses on this card since it's in Bolivia. Jesus Andres Queller Rojas, he is 1-0-1, fighting Domingo Noza Camo, who is 0-1-0. And then we got Elvis versus Jesus. <laughs> Elvis versus Stigui. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having a bit of all of that. <laughs> Elvis versus Jesus. Elvis is seven and zero though. Elvis is undefeated. Jesus is zero nine in this one. He's Ruben Jesus Pony Poichi. That's his name. 
Oh, nine. That's horrible. And you also got a guy who's 21 and 6, with two draws. Eddie Salvatierra at Welterweight. He's fighting a guy who's 0 1. Fernando Jose Flores Quiroga. Everybody's got four names on this guy. I was up for that. You got another guy who's 39 and 55. Hey, our, four, our four names fight of the week. Yeah. yeah. I thought I got to see the All right. Give it to us. obviously in the tank for him. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. That's horrible. Uh, so we got two heavyweight title fights going on in Germany uh, Saturday. I get Caballel, 18-0, fighting Andre Rudenko, who's 32-3 and for the EBU heavyweight title, European Union. Uh, Tom Schwartz, also on the card at heavyweight, he's 23-0 undefeated. Fighting Christian Kerstakic, who is 17-1. That's for the WBO Intercontinental Heavyweight title. And then we got a Japanese fight on Saturday. Usually they have them on Sunday, but once on Saturday. Kazutu Takasako, he is 10-0. Fighting Shuji Kato, who is 10-1-1 for the Japanese middleweight title in Tokyo <laughs> and we've even got fights in Malta going on but nothing really worth talking about there here's a here's a name for a fighter here making his debut Yusuf Bazooka Hi. what's his last name Bazooka <laughs> Bazooka <laughs> making his debut uh, there's two guys named Zinad on the card. One guy's 12-0 at light heavyweight. The other guy's making his debut at welterweight. They must be brothers. Both names start with an M. <coughs> anyway. Big fights. Big fights. Here's one in uh, Zacatecas, Mexico. Mariana Juarez at Bantamweight. 51-9-4. Fighting E. Eva Naranjo, who is 12-0 for the WBC World Female Bantamweight title. That has got to be a, a tough woman right there. 51-9-4. I've never heard of a woman's record like that. That's a lot of fights for a female. Alright. Uh, over in Norway, we've got a decent couple of fights. Uh, welterweight main event, Dennis Ebay, who is 21-1, fighting Jonathan Jose Inez, who is 23-11-1. For the vacant IBO Intercontinental Welterweight title. And the cruiserweight co-main event is Kai Robin Havna, who is 13-0, fighting Rad Rashid. That's another good first name for a fight, Rad. My name's Rad. Vacant IBO International Cruiserweight title on there. And then we have a super featherweight female fight. Uh, somebody's always got to go here. Katharina Sanders, 10 0, and Rachel Ball, 4 0, in super featherweight. 
Alright, now, Anapa, Russia. We have a decent one in the main event. Vyacheslav Merze of 11-1 fighting Yuthana Kainza, who's 21-2. And the entire rest of the card, you have the best record of anybody. It's 5-2. and two. Wow. You get a kind of fight at the top, and everybody else is just a handful of fights. Here's one uh, in Serbia. This has got to be the worst main event ever. Kisenja Medic is his last name. He's going to need a medic because he's fighting Nina Pavlovic. Uh, and he's 0 uh, 11. 0 11 is Medic. And uh, Pavlovic is 2 2 and 1. 2 2 and 1 versus 0 11. And then we've got another fight 6 and 20 versus 3 and 25. Guy is ten and ten. He's a super welterweight uh, with one draw. He's fighting a guy who's two thirty six and three. <laughs> wow! Lousy fight cards. Uh, uh, the big, big good one over here in uh, the UK, over over there in the UK, I should say. Uh, Eddie Hearn putting on this one. Jordan Gill undefeated, twenty two and zero, fighting Emmanuel Dominguez, twenty four seven and two at featherweight. And then you got Laywood, twenty and one, fighting Abraham Ose Bonsu, who's thirteen three and one in featherweight. And a cruiserweight fight: Richard Riakpore, who is eight no, fighting Tommy McCarthy, thirteen and one, for the vacant WBA Intercontinental Cruiserweight title. Uh, Anthony Sims Jr. on the card at light heavyweight, seventeen and zero, fighting Matteo Damian Barone. 28, 21, and 3. Kieran Conway also in action. 9 and 0, fighting Gabor Gorbix, who is 26 and 14. That's about it for the good one on that card. Uh, to the end of the list. in the main event in Fargo, North Dakota. This is no excuse. An American fight. That's ridiculous. This must not be the real main event. 0-11 versus Leo Medell, who is, is making his debut. Star Roberts. He's obviously not a very good star. Star is his first name. It's two R's. Star Roberts is 0-11 is his record. <laughs> How does that happen? Another guy on here who's 1 and 11, and he's in the Comet event. 1 and 11 versus 4 and 0 there. Alright, serious fights now. Brooklyn, New York. Uh, New York State Athletic Commission here. We got on Showtime Brian Carlos Castano, 15 and 0, fighting Arislandi Lara, who is 25, 3 and 2, for the WBA World Super Welterweight title. And uh, it's, it's a big fight. Uh, tough one for Hurst uh, Laundry, but... Yeah, it's the three losses you can't really look at. Uh, 
the last one he had was uh, very controversial in I was there for that one. But, um, yeah, he's, he's had some real tough battles over the years. Co-main event, Brian De Gracia, 24-1-1, fighting Eduardo Ramirez, who's 21-1-3. And then you've got 38, I think you were just talking about this guy, Luis Ortiz, 30-1, fighting Christian Hammer. Great name for a boxer. 24-5. Yep. Edwin Rodriguez, also on the card, former guest of ours. You 30 wins, 2 losses. At Cruiserweight, uh, fighting Mitch Williams, 16-6-3. Uh, also, Bantamweights, Antonio Russell, 12-0. And Jose Maria Cardenas, who's 16-3. And, and uh, Rances, his little brother, or older brother, I think. Laduan Bartholomew, at Super Featherweight, 13-0-1. Fighting Miguel Angel Perez Isburo, who is 11 Seven, six, and two. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, the Carpensi brothers are still fighting here. Uh, we got Jamie Walker in a main event, nine, one, and one, fighting Dan Carpensi, who's eight and two in Columbus, Ohio. In your backyard, there, Tom. In ABA USA yes, sir. Super Welterweight title and the USA Ohio State Super Welterweight title. And uh, this is actually a pretty decent card. You got sixteen and zero heavyweight Junior Fa fighting Newfell Owata, who is sixteen and two. George Arias at heavyweight twelve and zero fighting Robert Sims, who's eight and two. And we got Stephen Shaw ten and zero heavyweight fighting Donovan Dennis, who's twelve and three. Uh, There's another heavyweight fight too. Uh, Hemi Ahio twelve and zero fighting Ed Fountain, who's 12 and 4. Sounds like a heavyweight tournament. <laughs> uh, all the guys have pretty decent records there. Let's see what else we got going on. That's it. Big stuff. They got a fight card in Pittsburgh, but I don't think Tony wants to hear about that. <laughs> not a big Pittsburgh fan, I don't think. It's not. <laughs> So unless you guys got anything else to add, I think we are done for the week here. some more. 
boxing in New Hampshire. We'll be all set. <laughs> Maybe I'll be uh, back into it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be uh, having a guest on pretty soon, short, shortly here, the next couple of weeks, too. We've got um, my Italian buddy there from uh, Massachusetts. He used to be called the Italian Bazooka, Mark DeLuca. We've got him in the works for one of the next couple of weeks here before his fight on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So, we'll talk to him. And uh, he did Avengers loss finally against his uh, uh, one lone loss there that he got. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, weren't able to get him that week that he was fighting. Uh, we got his opponent on the show, but we didn't get him. It was kind of weird because, uh, you know, I figured I would have a better chance of getting him when I told the Murphy's boxing people that uh, his father taught me how to box. Or he's one of the people, you know, didn't really teach me everything, but uh, gave me my first major lesson when he was a cop and uh, was doing it on the side on the weekends. Uh, so now he's uh, a commission with a brain injury and uh, sad story. But, uh, obviously, you know, his son is uh, carrying on the tradition and uh, is probably training too as well as fighting. But uh, yeah, great boxing mind, his father. Yeah, it's a sad story, but it's uh, a great, great kid. You know, he's definitely working hard for his money for sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with him. And hopefully, uh, finding out his dad's doing all right. You know, so we'll see. In a couple of weeks. Till then. Thanks for watching. Till next week, gentlemen. Okay. All right, guys. Let's enjoy the fight this weekend. Sounds good. I'll talk to you next week. I'll still miss you, baby. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.